Hi, everyone. Today we have joining us Fabrice Bouron. Fabrice is currently the Chief Commercial Officer with Interactive Network Technologies, which combines the role of Chief Revenue Officer and the Chief Marketing Officer. He has over 20 years in marketing experience and has a unique perspective when it comes to digital transformation. He's taken on the challenges of applying digital marketing to companies going through digital transformation, operationalizing those strategies. Fabrice is a pioneer in customer-centered marketing and has some great insights. The CMO's Guide to Everything podcast is sponsored by Advertos, a digital marketing agency. Advertos helps B2B technology companies to target potential customers with laser accuracy and micro-targeted messaging. The firm leverages a mix of creativity, strategy, and digital technology to produce measurable results. To learn more, visit Advertos.com. Welcome, Fabrice. Hi, Laura. How are you? Good. I'm good. So tell me a little bit about uh, interactive network technologies and your role there. All right. So we, we go mostly by INT. Um, uh, we got INT.com uh, way back, which is very hard to get this kind of uh, URL for our website. And the company has been specialized for 30 years in data visualization. Obviously, we started with traditional technology. And over the years, the company continuously in, invested and innovated to bring all the visualization actually um, to the cloud. And we've been one of the pioneers actually in 2013 to offer very um, domain views. So how you, you view well log, how you see uh, um, drilling, you know, um, how you see seismic, how you see schematics, um, all those visualization that actually a geophysicist or geologist needs to make decision so very important decision. We're talking about drilling and millions of dollars, you know, of production revenue, depending on those decisions. Um, they need the right visualization, usually complex uh, visualization. It's not just going through data. You have to represent it in 2D and 3D. And it's super interesting because we've been powering tons of commercial application. And one of my job has been also to try to bring awareness. We're kind of like the Intel Pentium that processor that um, everybody was using, but nobody knew about it. So they started to put a sticker on the laptop. Uh, my job is to actually put a sticker on the industry that for people to understand that uh, what they're using. But it's very exciting because all the major commercial tools, um, Decision Space, uh, Petrel, Delphi, are using some of those components to be able to uh, provide to the user the visualization they need. So in our conversations, I frequently use, heard you use the term design thinking. Can you walk us through a little bit of what you mean by that? Uh, so that's that's a long thing, which is hard to summarize. But in, in a nutshell, it's, it's the fact of um, basically thinking with the user um, at the center of the, I would say, of your approach and build your thinking, you know, and all your approach around that user. So it's a very user-centric approach. Um, and it's very interesting in technology because if you think about it, the past 20 years, all the companies have tried to automate process. So it was very process-driven. And with um, all the new technology, iPads, um, uh, digital transformation, um, I think the, the user want to take back, you know, this technology and that it's easy to use. And, and that's why um, maybe an app you use for your banking shouldn't be as easy, you know, when you work in the corporate side. So design thinking is really starting from the user, understand the motivation, the insights, um, the behavior, 
and then designing the system from this in perspective in a nutshell. And there's been a tons of things written about it. Um, it's super interesting because it's a very human uh, centric approach. All right, very good, very good. So in thinking about design thinking, how would you say that's best represented in the marketing processes? Um, I, th I think, um, you know, the, the, the very traditional way to, to teach marketing is very much uh, uh, based on the four P's, you know, product, packaging, promotion, um, and uh, forgot the price, of course. <laughs> and uh, it's very um, mechanical in that way. So we tend to forget about the, the user. Um, it was very interesting uh, working for several companies that, that built um, technology for the end user, especially on the cloud. Um, you can't tell the story anymore in this very um, um, academic framework. You have to rethink how you tell the stories and how you solve the problem to your user. Um, so you have to get back to the roots. And so it's really a, um, a, an approach which is outside in versus um, traditionally on marketing, which is really, really from inside out, where you, you talk about your product, what you do, um, uh, you reverse kind of this pyramid and you start by the user and say, okay, what's important for him? How does he behave? What value do I create for him? How did I solve his problem? And, and, and talk about this. So I think uh, a storytelling can be only efficient if it starts by the user and how it changed the way it was working. Um, and when you spend eight hours on the software and you hate it, um, it's tough, right? So <laughs> we're not solving um, um, probably you know um, humanitarian cause but we have a responsibility to actually helping our user um, being delighted, doing a good job, impact the business that they do, and you start by that. So I think that's what's interesting is you, you, you don't do marketing to do marketing and promote. You start to change your approach to marketing to say, okay, how do I help my customer and how I'm gonna tell that story? That's what's changing, I think. I think you're right. So in prior conversations, you talked to me a little bit about the importance of assessing the internal strengths of the company. And one of the things that came up as a result is if someone new is coming in, and this is a critical part of you know, design thinking, is assessing the internal strengths of the company and focusing on what you do well, how might they do that when they're coming into the job fresh? Um, listening. I know it sounds very cliche to say that, uh, but it starts by listening. If you want to start to listening, you start to ask people what they're doing and tell you and walk you through about the job. Um, and 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 I think part of the the applying, you know, um, some of those principles is to start by by come back to the roots. I'm going to interview people and try to understand what we're doing, and also I'm going to ask it to different people in the organization internally. But I'm going to ask to my customers. And it's it's um, amazing how many organizations I've worked with, either in advising or being um, in the company working, where actually um, um, that dialogue with the customers doesn't take place. It took place maybe earlier on, but then you forgot to revisit or you started at the beginning. But then did you revisit that to see if you delivered in the first place? So I think it's a discipline you apply in actually uh, asking, understanding, and not be afraid, actually, of feedback. Because when you ask feedback, you're not going to always hear the things that you want to hear. 
But um, it was super interesting. You know, I'll give you an example rather than just saying um, um, conceptual. Um, you know, we we work with developers. It's very hard to work with developers. They don't want to engage with you and tell you, you know, uh, because they're busy, they're programming. <laughs> and um, right. the, usually they don't like much being distracted, especially for marketing stuff. And uh, when we interview our developers to understand how they work, it's amazing the wealth of information we got. And it was not about sending them more emails. It was actually to rethink our website experience to create a developer community where they would be able to collaborate and exchange on technical problems. So finding more solution. So if I would have taken a really traditional approach, it would have been maybe what kind of campaign can you do to engage more my, my uh, developers? And maybe I would have gone through the traditional email campaign and probably have bugged them with no value in terms of content. Starting by the interview, asking what was important for them and getting more access to maybe sharing experience drove a proper ideation of the solution and one of the solution was going through the website and offering actually some collaboration tools to do that so it was very interesting to apply this with basic principle to find something we didn't even think about it but that added value and i can tell you when we send emails to our developers there's a real engagement they open the the, the open rate is high and also because they trust us you build trust also with your audience so that's that's the kind of things I'm looking at when we try to operationalize this and and get started. It start by the interview. It start by understanding and have people tell you what they do. Interesting. That's you know we found the same thing that interviews are a really great way to engage people and they respond so much better than you know if you just try to take a survey or you know all these other ways of collecting information. So that that's a really good point. Um. On a little bit of a different note, it takes a diversity of a skill set to effectively implement any kind of strategy or operationalize these things. So if um, if you're talking to a marketing manager, which I imagine at this point you are, um, what kind of skill sets do you recommend are key for the team? Like, what do you look for in talent to add? Um, so it's super um, good question. It's such a difficult one. Um, because I think the job has changed a lot. You, you, I think the profiles that we have today um, are m much more data-driven and, and tech-savvy. So I think it's it's um, I, I, I think it's difficult to find somebody that uh, uh, encompasses all the skills at the same time. I mean, the, I'm still searching for the unicorn, uh, <laughs> but I think there's three skills that are important that are fitting kind of. You know, we were talking uh, before the, this podcast about some of the things that were important. I think it's a, uh, there's three pillars, right? Uh, and I was using the analogy, uh, as you can see, I have a, a strong uh, French accent. So um, um, you, you, when you taste wine, you know, usually you like to uh, pair it with bread and cheese, you know, you, and have those three things. So I think in marketing, it goes the same way, where you have three things that goes together. Um, one is definitely the personas. So you understand your database, your, 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 your persona is reflected in the database. And by persona is you've done all your homework to understand who you sell to, who is using it, who decide, who is a contributor, who is an influencer. So that's what I mean about database. Behind the database is a persona and all the, the understanding, the user center research that you're going to do around that. That's the first pillar. The second thing that you're going to have also uh, with this is all the content, right? 
so it's definitely the second pillar where you're going to have um, to define how thought leadership needs to be expressed to this audience, how you engage with them and provide them something of value. And the last pillar is really how you engage with them. And it's more tactical, but it's really what kind of campaign you're going to put together to be able to reach out effectively your audience, right, with the right content. And then you're going to have um, really um, uh, proper engagement, high engagement, um, uh, recurring engagement, you have stickiness um, and, and value that you add. So I think the three things are critical and um, you need to recruit to come back to your question. I'm sorry, it's a difficult one. So yes, I understand. The skills you're going to have to look for is a little bit about skills that support each of those pillars. So on the database, somebody who is capable to use definitely uh, effectively a CRM and understand it. Uh, who is capable to translate the persona, so interview the persona, interviewing skills, curiosity. I'm going to look for and interview a lot of things that are soft skills, that are curiosity, the methods, the perseverance, how you go into in depth also to get those insights and how you translate them technically into a system to be able to um, better drive, you know, the, the campaign that you're going to create. And the last thing also is writing skills. We come back to you know, content. So am I going to write something which is not just a good generic thing, but that basically is going to resonate with the audience. And there's a lot of great writer, but that tends to write very generically, very corporate-ish, but it, you lose what you do in simple words for our customers. And so being able to write in that style, you know, something long or short is very difficult. So that's a skill. So I'm going to look for is the ability to express yourself and, and, uh, and, and translate that information you're receiving into something simple. And that's hard to do. Making simple is very hard. So I've still I'm not find a unicorn who has those three skills, I would say, but, but usually you find somebody who has maybe two of the skills. And, and you need to pair that team and build a team. And I think you raised something also um, interesting is depending on the size of the companies, you have to acknowledge the fact that you need a team. It's not a one, one person um, skills or expertise, but it's a blend of that. Absolutely, absolutely. I know that uh, in our team, speaking from personal experience, you know, we have areas of expertise and it's it's really nice to have people who really know what they're doing, even if it's just in, as you say, one or two areas, because then, then your team comes together and can complement each other and really do a fabulous job. Yeah, so. very, very critical. So, you know, kind of moving from the marketing to more of the product development, how much, how much, um, of your role applies to the development, perhaps the UX design and that sort of thing of the product itself? Oh, that's that's a really good question. So I think it depends to every organization and then uh, the size and the culture that they have. I was mm -hmm. very fortunate to work in companies where the not only the size of the culture allowed to 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 have really a lot of discussion with the engineering team. And it's super important um, because um, if it doesn't happen, you have to create it. Um, and to create it, you have to uh, add value. Um, and most of the technology company I work with is I'm dealing with engineers and they don't like engaging with marketing. So the first thing you do is actually you try to create value and help them. Once you establish that trust, then um, I've seen amazing things taking place because um, 
you know, um, uh, I think that engineers take a lot of pride to explain what they do. Mm-hmm. So you get involved in that process. Once you get that trust built, you get involved in the process at different steps, you know, when you're going to launch and communicate on the announcement. But before that, also in building their roadmap, you can get a lot of insight from the customers. So you can help them also to gather some insight and be able to facilitate this feedback that they need to be able to say, okay, well, we need to build this as the next iteration. So what we've done is we know that our technical team is very busy. What we tried is to extend our reach to help them facilitate, capture this information and give them some insights that helps them to make the good decision. And the other thing that we do is uh, we try also to measure the satisfaction. So one of the things that I did is part of the interview is I tried to also to score, you know, the onboarding, the training, the support. So it gave us also an NPS, a promoter score, to be able to evaluate. So I like to do something but measure after and be able to say, okay, this is what happens. So approach it this way, we got a lot of, of actually natural bonding between the team. And that's how, you know, product marketing kind of naturally express itself with the team and saying, we're going to help you to get more insights like this. You can continue to delight the customers. There's nothing worse for an engineer, I would say, to be in that position that you build something and either you get a bad feedback or it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. I think they take a lot of pride in what they do. And that's a fantastic thing because we've been able together to create some some pretty cool, um, cool, cool stuff and, and getting good feedback. Good. So good. So um, if you go out and you're consulting the customers, you know, and and in talking about design thinking, you know, um, getting their feedback, creating that roadmap, there's always the one person in the room when you're talking about innovation, they'll say people don't really know what they want because they haven't seen it yet. You know, you have the quote from Henry Ford who said, if I asked people what they want, they would have asked for faster horses, right? Or or the one that that I think you've mentioned in the past from from um, Wozniak. Yes. <laughs> so it was Jobs and, and, and Wozniak. Was so like, yeah. how, do you, how, do you deal, how do you deal with uh, those two balancing acts, being innovative and giving people like, something they don't even know is possible yet with, you know, really incorporating their feedback and and giving them what they do, what they know they want? So that's that's a tough question. I think that's the that we touch really the art of the marketing leadership on how you understand which environment you're in. Um, you may be in a very strict um, engineer environment, so you're going to have to be a little bit more creative and bring that um, insight from from outside into either validating or either providing ideas into the, the process. That's if you have this type of culture in your company. You have also some other companies that where you have a very strong innovative leadership, but not necessarily that testing. So... It's fine, you know, but then you can be very um, scientific about your approach, your approach to validate the assumption that actually this innovative culture or this this engineers come up with to say if it's going to be able to um, satisfy a market or a need or um, a sale that you're trying to do also. So I think, unfortunately, there's not one answer you know that applies to everything. It's situational, but I think understand where you start from and be able to be complementary 
to the innovation process, I think it's going to be important. No matter what, regardless of these two situations, I was obviously simplifying. It's important to validate. There's too many, um, you know, as I worked in agency, I've seen so many entrepreneurs coming, having these great ideas, and they had they, they were full of energy, amazing people who have the drive to build something great. And, um, and the one who failed were the one who unfortunately didn't validate. So they didn't prototype or they built and then validated after. Um, or um, they didn't do their homework enough to realize that probably what they were offering was maybe available. And um, when you fall into this description of yourself by saying just what you do something differently, then you, you, you close yourself into this um, very narrow view. Um, I, I, I think the, the marketing process also is to be able to say through those insights is do I solve the problem of the customer? Do I do it better than others? And why am I doing it better? So could you come back to those basic, you know, positioning statement? But I think it's a it's a very um, pragmatic approach to to validate them. That's a good point. No, I think that's a great approach. That's a great approach. Well, that is about all the time we have for today. I know that's a little cliche, but um, <laughs> we thank you so much for coming with us today and well, sharing us a little bit about your story. And hopefully we'll see you back on the program at some point in the future. Thank you very much for having me, Laura. And uh, and uh, yes, uh, wishing a, a lot of luck to all the, the marketers out there. <laughs> very good. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, give us a review, and share our podcast with your coworkers and friends. For any questions or to request a specific topic you'd like us to cover, hashtag us on social media at CMOGTE Podcast. Again, thanks for tuning in and see you in two weeks.